Hi, this is Daniel. Hi, this is JT. The purpose of this video is to talk to you about the liability of leadership and the Jehovah's Witnesses. You're listening to The Critical Thought, where we challenge our listeners to use critical thinking when examining the teachings of Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay, JT, let's talk. Everything rises and falls on leadership. JT, over the course of the last few years, our viewers have seen us cover some magnificent video on blood. 1914, Jesus is not your mediator. You name it, we've covered it. Why don't the leaders catch this, amend their policies, their behaviors? Talk to me about leadership and the Jehovah's Witnesses. You know, uh, you know, Daniel, that's a very good question. Um, that's one of the questions that I asked uh, right at the point where I was getting right to leave the organization. Um, what I was introduced to is what is known as Jehovah's Witness reformists. Um, one guy said, JT, you, know, you, you, you are a JW elder who wants to reform things. And what that basically means is there are lots of Jehovah's Witnesses who are actually watching this video right now. Dedicated, baptized Jehovah's Witnesses. You know, and they'll say, you know, I love Jehovah, I love the friends of the congregation. But deep down inside, they know that there's some things that are wrong. And the witness has been told, wait on Jehovah, wait on Jehovah. But more and more people are starting to realize it really ain't got nothing to do with Jehovah. It has to do with the people, as you said, in the leadership role. I was told before I left this organization, I was told. I went to some brothers and I talked to them. And they said, JT, this is what they said. They said, JT, look, man, once we get some new blood, once we get some new blood, JT, things are going to change. You know, the governing body and them, Fred, friends, all these guys, they're up in age, man. They're gonna, the next generation is going to be younger governing body members. They're going to be more in tune with what's going on for young people. It's going to be some changes. All you got to do is wait. Well, all the governing body that I knew when I was at Bethel are gone. And now we have what we have. We have what we have who are serving in the leadership roles in this organization. And so the question that you ask is an excellent question. Why don't they catch it? Why don't they change? Well, there's a lot of reasons. And if you like, I would like to share some with you. Mm. Well, let's talk about some of those reasons, but let's first talk about who is leadership? Is that the governing body? Are those elders? Are those circuit overseers? In your mind, based on your experience, who is the leadership team and the leaders? You know, that's a good question. The Watchtower likes to play around with who the leaders are. For many of us over the years, we were told that the leaders were the faithful and discreet slave, and the governing body was merely a representative of this faithful and discreet slave. We were taught that the faithful and discreet slave went all the way back to the apostles. And therefore, these individuals who serve on the governing body, they are just merely a representation of these who make up the faithful and discreet slave. This channel that God has had from the first century, Pentecost, all the way down to today, all the dark ages, the 1500s, 1600s, God always had someone of the faithful and discreet slave. That's who the leadership was. Well, that's what we were told. And then in, and then in October of 2012, 
a big announcement was made that there is no faithful and discreet slave back in those days. We are the faithful and discreet slave is what the governing body told everybody. Us eight guys up on this stage, we are the faithful and discreet slave. And for people who were quote unquote of the anointed, they just got fired. They just lost their job with just the stroke of a pen. And so the leadership that Jehovah's Witnesses have basically can be summed up in the governing body. They are the mouthpiece of God. And as far as the circuit overseers and elders, branch overseers, they just simply fall in the pecking order, in the corporate pecking order. Okay, JT, we've covered the why and we've covered the who. Let's now talk about what. What is the issue? I mean, is it ignorance or is it arrogance on the leadership's behalf? Well, like most Jehovah's Witnesses, when I was a witness, you would want to give the benefit of the doubt. In fact, you were told to give the benefit of the doubt. They just be imperfect men. That was basically what every witness has been told all their life. But when you start digging, asking questions, taking a step back and, 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 and looking at stuff critically, what you begin to see, unfortunately, is just sheer arrogance. Um, basically, they got a train started back under Charles Taz Russell, and they realized we're not going to get off this train. We're going to ride it to the end, to the wheels fall off, as it were. And so over the years, the organization has simply held positions, even positions that they knew were wrong. Uh, you and I had discussed something about uh, Ray Franz's book, Crises of Conscience. And in his book, he talked about that as far back as 1979, the governing body knew that the teaching of the generation of 1914 had no legs to stand on at all. They knew that it was bogus. They knew it was bogus in 1979. And then by the time 1984 rolled around, they went full, I mean, they just went full throttle. They produced a watchtower that was published and given out around the world, boldly stating the generation of 1914 that will not die. And I tell you, uh, Daniel, all those people that was on the cover of that magazine, every single one of them has passed on. And so the Watchtower, uh, interestingly, can often write some outstanding articles. I mean, just wonderful, well put together articles. Let me give you just a simple example. The Watchtower has written articles about why it is important that we be willing to admit that we are wrong, that we have made a mistake, and to ask for an apology. Do you know if you were to ask a Jehovah's Witness today, can you bring me one of your published uh, magazines or a published letter has come from your organization where you have apologized for teaching people things that were simply man-made? especially teachings that resulted in people losing their lives or family members who have lost their life. For example, there has never been any letter or any article that was in the back of the magazine that stated this is to apologize for those who followed our directions, for example, on transplants, or when they at one time taught that you couldn't take whole blood on you and you couldn't take blood fractions. They have never apologized for the people and the families that paid the ultimate price by following what they said. 
So you see that type of arrogance where a person just can't admit they were wrong. And that's what you have when you look at the leadership of the Watchtower. The best example right now is how they are dealing with the child molestation issue. They are in no way willing to acknowledge any role that they share in this. And that's why they don't want to be responsible for it. They shift the responsibility to somebody else. Well, JT, if we're talking about trains leaving the station, that's one thing if there's arrogance. But if we're talking about folks losing their lives, their families, their loved ones, their friends, then this becomes an issue, in my mind, a liability and a leadership issue. So JT, let's talk about how. How can this be happening? Well, okay, we've covered a lot of that, but let me double click a little further. Is it that the organization has become more important than truth itself? I mean, is the truth more important than the real truth? The truth about these issues, blood, 1914, Jesus not being your mediator. Talk to me about that, JT, because it reminds me of the era of the Nazis. In an earlier video, you had talked about uh, the emperor of Japan in World War II, as we were talking about voting. This makes me think of Hitler and the Nazis, where the organization and the culture becomes more important than the truth itself, and leaders start to look away. But of course, there were the Nuremberg trials where they held those leaders accountable. Talk to us. Well, you know, Daniel, that's a very good question. Has the organization become more important than truth? And I have to be honest with you, man, that the, the, if, you take it, if you just look at it seriously and critically, the answer is yes. Um, truth is set to the side and the organization, preserving the organization becomes more important. As an elder, I saw that. When there would be a judicial case of someone in the congregation, one of the first questions that they would ask is who knows about this? In other words, if there are people outside who know about this, then we got to do this. But if nobody know about it, we can handle it just back here in the room. And so that's the kind of things that you would see literally at every level in the organization. The concern about protecting the organization, it literally overrides everything. I mean, literally everything in this organization is second nature to protecting the name of the organization. So what you have is image over substance. Yeah, yeah, organization over truth. There is a liability of leadership. And why? Because folks know that everything rises and falls on leadership. I, I think what everyone needs to do, and especially those who are actually still in the organization, because right now there are people who are watching this video, you still go to the Kingdom Hall, uh, you go to the meetings, well, right now you're doing Zoom, uh, but you're very active in the organization, is really to ask yourself a couple of questions. One of them is, as you see these things going on, does that sound like something from God? Or does it sound like something that's been put together by a group of men sitting around a conference room table in an office? Mm. And the second thing is, what role do I play? I know when I served as an elder, and I look back now, I supported this system. 
I supported the judicial arrangement, the disfellowshipping, telling other people, Sister Johnson, I understand that your son stopped by your house today. You know, he's disfellowship. Friends said they've seen him up the house many times. And so I helped enforce this stuff. So everybody along the way, the elders, the circuit overseer, even just a regular Jehovah's Witness, they all share in helping to support a system that's wrong. And so the individual, as an individual, you have to ask yourself at the end of the day, do I want to be a part of something that I know deep down inside is not even interested in changing or improving? And if I raise a question about this, I will be cut down by the needs. And so that's where a lot of people are. And that's why we have more and more people who are actually coming to the internet. You know, they'll say, you know, I love Jehovah, I love the friend. But once again, deep down inside, they know something is wrong. Our only suggestion is don't push it to the back of your mind. If you see something, they say, if you have a gut feeling, as you're walking down the street at night and you got a gut feeling that you need to cross over to the other side, follow your gut feeling. Because in most cases, you're right. And so if you see something and you recognize that something is just not right, look into it. You at least owe it to yourself to look into it. I, Daniel, I tell people all the time, you have to apply what we often refer here at the house as the BS test. Now, I'm not talking about the BS that most people are thinking about. I'm talking about the Bible study test. And the Bible study test is a very effective way to really look at things. In other words, consider yourself a regular pioneer and you're going on a Bible study with the circuit overseer. And on this study, the householder raises a certain question about their religion and they basically say, well, I'm, 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 gonna just, I'm just gonna wait on the Lord or any other thing of that nature. You wouldn't sit there and let them get away with that. You would not allow a Bible study to offer the type of defenses for their religion that we see Jehovah's Witnesses offer for their religion all the time. You would not let a Bible study get away with that. And yet, as a Jehovah's Witness, we are willing to make excuse after excuse after excuse for what clearly is wrong. And so, ask yourself some questions. And that's why we call our channel what we call it, critical thinking. Take the time to ask these critical thinking questions. And I'm going to tell you, Daniel, we've had so many people over the few years we've been doing this, well, they'll come out and they'll say, JT, I hate you and your wife. I think, you know, y'all, I hate y'all. Joe's going to kill y'all and destroy your Armageddon. And the list just goes on and on. And six months later, uh, JT, <laughs> I just want to let you know, man, I took the time to take a look at that stuff you told me to take a look at. And I appreciate it. And so that's all we ask people to do. I mean, people ask me questions. I'll just tell them, like we say on our website, I prefer to have questions I cannot give an answer to because I don't know than to have answers in which I cannot question. And if you are one of Jehovah's Witnesses, a Jehovah's Witness can ask any question he wants to, but you better not question the answer once they give it to you. I don't wanna live like that anymore. I can't live like that anymore, and neither should you. So Daniel, it's just some things for people to think about. That's all, man. JT, let me summarize this video. The liability of leadership. We started with a phrase that pays. Everything rises and falls on leadership. And then I asked the question, JT, when it comes to the Jehovah's Witness leadership, is it ignorance or is it arrogance? And you said it was arrogance. 
And I'd like to say this, ignorance can get you hurt. Arrogance can get you killed. JT's basic point is watch out. Go do your homework because the leadership team knows they're being arrogant, don't want to be held accountable. And this video was to invite us to start thinking about the liability of leadership. This is Daniel. This is JT. We'll see you on the next video. This program was sponsored by Critical Thinkers.